child of God.
Good morning, Grace Covenant Church. <laughs> I'm glad that those of you who are able to join us today were able to join us today here in person. And those who are joining us online, thank you for joining us online. If you go ahead and join me in prayer, we're going to get ready to worship the Lord. Heavenly Father, you are an awesome and mighty God, Lord. We praise you, Lord, even in the midst of this storm. Lord God, we praise you. That We thank you that you are God and you are in control, Lord. We praise you that you are God, that you, you see all things, that you know all things, Lord, that, that our heart is laid bare before you, Lord, and you still call us your children. Lord, we just want to give you honor, Lord. We want to give you praise this morning. We ask that your presence would fill this place as we worship you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Still, I try. 
Jerry says, After the stay-at-home order came because of the coronavirus, I quickly learned I had to social distance myself from my refrigerator. Hey, good morning, everybody. It's good to be here with you guys. I uh, just have one announcement for us today. Uh, this Thursday is the food bank, so if you or someone you know is in need of a little food assistance uh, this week, please uh, inform them that our food bank is happening this week. With that, let's pray. Uh, Lord, we praise you. Thank you for today. Thank you for allowing us to uh, come together and worship you with freedom. Lord, we praise you. Uh, we ask uh, for more of your kingdom come and more of your will be done in our lives and in this world. We love you. We pray all these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Okay. I was thinking we were doing the Tanzania thing now, but I was wrong. <laughs> it's happened before, believe it or not. <laughs> I was wrong again. I had the wrong one song. Here we go. Search the world, but it couldn't fill me. Man's empty praise, the treasures of faith, never enough. And you came along, put me back together, and every desire. You turn beauty 
so much for being faithful every week. We really appreciate it. Um, so I am Nathan, in, in case anybody maybe watching doesn't know me, but I think I know everybody in the room. <laughs> um, and uh, Pastor Steve asked me to give a quick update on my recent trip to Tanzania. Um, I just, before I get started, I just wanted to say thank you. Uh, thank you to all of you who have so faithfully invested in making this a possibility. Uh, truly, from the bottom of my heart, this is a team effort. It would not be possible without each of you. And uh, so thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, so first, I just wanted to throw up a map of Tanzania. So uh, it's right there under Kenya and Somalia on the right-hand side. That's Tanzania. Um, that big lake right there is Lake Victoria, and then you've got uh, the oceans on either side. But Tanzania is located right there in East Africa. And the people group that we've been working with, called the Hadza Bay, are located in the, in the north central part. Uh, next slide. So when we got there, we went straight to the people. Uh, it was kind of a crazy trip with COVID and everything. Uh, and, and all the regulations and stuff, but we decided to just hop in and go straight to the people, and uh, this is kind of the environment that the Hadzbe live in. They're hunter-gatherers. They are bowmen, expert bowmen. This is a picture of Ankia with several children behind him. Ankia is making an arrow, and in order to do this, they'll go cut down a, a stick in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> and they have a very specific specific uh, wood that they choose, a, a very specific plant that they choose, and, and then they'll carve it into the shape of an arrow, and then they'll bend it with their teeth, and then they'll harden the arrow in the fire, and uh, it's just an amazing process, and then they use annu animal sinews to create the fletching and, and, and feathers for, for the back, so just kind of super awesome group of people, super creative, they can do more with a uh, an empty plastic bottle than you can even imagine. <laughs> like uh, I, I I'm oh I love Bush Tech. Like I've been so fascinated by their intelligence. Um, you think when, sometimes when you think of people who aren't going to school and stuff like that, sometimes you think, hey, they're uneducated, and really that's not true. They just have a different kind of education. They're super creative, clever, uh, very intelligent people. Anyway, next slide. So uh, while we were there, we had the opportunity to share the gospel with several, and uh, w among them is this man named Shakwa, and Shakwa had tuberculosis at that time, TB, 
and uh, so he wouldn't face us. <laughs> he was trying to prevent us from getting sick. He's a very kind old man. Um, but anyway, he, he was struggling with tuberculosis, and he, we were sharing the gospel with him, and he's like, you know, I worship the sun, the S-U-N, the fireball in the sky. And we were like, oh, um, well, have you ever thought about worshiping the God who made the sun? And he had a very clever answer. He said, well, you know, I have thought about worshiping the God who, who made the sun, but why would I stop worshiping the thing that God made? I mean, he did make it after all. That's a very, very clever question. And our response was simply this. If you were to give your child a gift, would you want them to thank the gift or would you want them to thank you? And it was like a light bulb went on in his mind and he said, I have to follow Jesus. I, I, can't, I can't worship the gift. I need to worship the giver of the gift. And so he decided to follow Jesus right then and there on this rock in the middle of nowhere, Tanzania. And uh, so, and he, later, two days later, he was mentioning that he felt like the Holy Spirit, like his heart had been changed and that Jesus was living in his heart. So that's awesome. Uh, next slide. That's uh, Shakwa uh, from the front. He's, a, he's an older man for the Hods Bay, uh, probably in his late 40s, early 50s. And uh, yeah, Hods Bay all his life, Bushman all his life. Next slide. In addition, we've also been going for seven years now, as many of you guys probably know. And we have begun to continue to disciple people and disciple people and disciple people. And this is often what discipleship looks like. Here at our campfire, in the, just hanging out and chatting and talking about what does it mean to follow Jesus? What does it look like uh, to 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 obey his commands? What does it look like to pray? What does it look like to, to listen to the Bible and understand it? How, how do we share the gospel with other people? And this is what that looks like. It's just a, a, a half hour or an hour or so just sitting around the fire and chatting. Next slide. All right, so this is the big news of the trip. All right, so we, from the very beginning, our heart and our passion has been that Hods Bay people would be sharing the gospel with other Hods Bay people. And we've already begin, begun to start to see this last year and the year before with Mary Amu, who's a Hods Bay person, but she's living in a city, and we're pouring directly into Mary Amu, and then she's sharing the gospel with others. This year was the first year ever that we met a Hadzabe person who had heard the gospel from a Hadzabe person living in the bush. So exciting. Uh, so exciting. So anyway, this guy standing, his name is Soko, which means fire. And then this is Ankia underneath him again. And Ankia <clears throat> was listening to the audio Bible with Soko one day. And he's like feeling like, man, I, I want to follow Jesus. So Soko leads Ankia to Jesus, and Ankia has been learning from it, Soko, how to follow Jesus. And we asked while we were there, well, have you been baptized yet? And uh, I know that this, might, this picture might seem strange. Uh, sometimes people have really strong theological opinions about baptism, but let me just tell you, there's no standing water any like within three or four miles of us and it's not like we have a car so it's like like there's no way to get to standing water to, to put them to dunk them underneath so we do the next best thing and we're like well how do you guys wash well they usually go collect water in a bucket and, and use that to wash their bodies and so we're like well baptism <laughs> it, it, it has this symbolic uh it has this symbolic uh 
it points symbolically towards what Jesus has done on the inside by washing us, right? And so uh, we thought this will work. And uh, so we had Ankia, uh, or we had Soko baptize Ankia, and it was really like this Holy Spirit moment where God just showed up and he's like, I am building my church among the Hods Bay people. He's, he's moving. It's amazing to watch. And uh, funny story with this. Itsoko had been baptized in this same way, but he forgot. And so at first he was just kind of scooping the water out of the bucket and then like patting, patting Ankia's head like this. I don't have the video right now, but it was super awesome. Anyway, uh, next slide. While we were there, we also had the opportunity to preach in a couple of churches, um, and we preached two messages. We preached total submission to Jesus and then joining Jesus in his mission, and we were excited to be able to see how Jesus was moving among the people. Um, in both places where we preached, we saw most of the people stand up and say, I want to give everything to Jesus, and then we saw many people stand up and say, this specific person or these specific people are the ones I want to reach out to this week. Next slide. And it should be a video. So these are the Maasai. And uh, we're pre we were preaching in one of their churches. And it was really exciting because we took a little break. And they're famous for being people who jump. And this is how they worship Jesus in their own way. They're just dancing and jumping and being the Maasai and worshiping God. So... Anyway, thank you again so much for all of your faithful uh, partnership in the gospel. God has used it, and he is moving uh, in among the Hods Bay, among the Maasai, and, and many other people groups. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Nathan, for representing Jesus and, and us. And uh, let, let's take a, a moment to pray. Holy Father, we thank you this day for these, these, these people, the Hatsbay, the Maasai. We thank you that you know them better than anyone could ever know, and you, and you love them absolutely. We thank you for their uniqueness among humans you've created. And now we praise you that, that Lord, you have um, begun and are carrying on a, a movement of the good news of the kingdom amongst these people. Uh, we thank you, Lord, for what happened while Nathan and Charlie were there. Lord, for the breakthroughs of real, realizing that the giver is, is, is all the greater than any gift. And we thank you, Lord, for the transformation of life that was evident uh, even in the short visit they had. Lord, we ask that you protect the, the, the seed, the, the fruit, of uh, what happened, we ask that uh, that movement would spread, that more disciples would be made. And uh, we, we thank you, Lord, that um, indirectly all of us have the privilege of, of partnering with sisters and brothers there and, and this expansion of the good news. Thank you for bringing Nathan and Charlie back and despite the challenges of COVID and and we ask that uh, you'd carry on your good work through Forge International and through them and, and especially through your body uh, there in Africa. And now, Lord, as we uh, here have gathered through live stream and directly here in this room, we, 
thank you that you're with us. We thank you that we have your word. I ask that uh, you'd speak to us, that you'd uh, allow me to be an instrument of that, but speak to each of us directly for your purposes. And we pray this in your name and in your presence, risen Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Hey, well, welcome hearty souls who braved the cold and and it doesn't mean you folks at home are, are not brave, but uh, it's good to be together directly or indirectly. Um, hey, do you want to wish you a happy Valentine's Day? The Iwana group left us their, their balloons. And I wonder if you know much about Valentine's Day. You know, we think of this, uh, this little guy on the left sometimes, you know, Cupid, that, that shoots people with romantic arrows. Well, that's the origins of Valentine's. It goes back, really, to an actual person as you, so real brief snapshot on that. An Italian pastor, we're pretty sure, living in the third century, and that's a a photograph of him on the right there. That was supposed to be a joke, but I guess, you know, it's too cold for jokes today, maybe. But anyway, uh, Valentine was an Italian pastor, and on February 14th, hence the date, but a long time ago, probably 269 A.D., this man who uh, had actually declared the gospel to the emperor Claudius in Rome and and was alongside people being persecuted, on that day he himself was arrested, tortured, and put to death because of his faith in Jesus. And I would say today that without putting any, without um, uh, downplaying any kind of romantic love, which is a great gift from God, um, that kind of sacrifice for the one who is love, that's, that's the fullness of love, right? Uh, what was displayed in this man uh, centuries ago. Uh, now, when it does come to romantic uh, love, the most, the most uh, sort of sexual, even erotic uh, portion of the Bible, is, as you may know, is the Song of Solomon. And it's a beautiful love poem between intimate lovers. But it ends with, with a picture of love that's even deeper and bigger and broader than any kind of romantic love. And um, I'm not getting this slide. Any help back there? There we go. And here's here's a beautiful line from this poem. Uh, Love is as strong as death. It's jealousy unyielding as the grave. It burns like blazing fire, like a mighty flame. Many waters cannot quench love. Rivers cannot sweep it away. And ultimately that's talking about not just any kind of love, but the love of God that uh, he freely gives us in his son by his spirit for the transformation of life. And uh, in, in a lot of ways, it's that kind of love that uh, we're going to be looking at this morning and, and uh, in weeks beyond. So in a Bible, would you find Genesis chapter 12? That's where we're going to spend time. Genesis chapter 12. And, and I'll say from the get-go that the image of a butterfly does not fit the season Certainly doesn't fit today, does it? Um, I mean, can you imagine a butterfly out there in seven below zero? It would last about a second, I think. Uh, But I'm using the image of a butterfly in part because it fits our series, but also because I'm desperate for spring to come. That's that's just, and and to get past the pandemic and so on. But anyway, uh, the next few Sundays, we want to kind of focus on a constant, a constant in our lives that never changes, And that's the constant of change. One thing that never changes is there's always change, right? 
It's just constant. Uh, I heard once that there are two things you need in life, WD-40 to get things moving and duct tape to get them to, to stop moving. <laughs> WD-40 and duct tape. Now, Jesus told his friend Martha that there's only one thing needed, and it goes way beyond WD-40 and duct tape. And the one thing is him and a relationship with him and uh, what it is that he wants to do. Jesus alone is the one reliable constant in all the flux and change of life. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His faithfulness will never, ever change. And at the same time, for the changes that are needed, he's the only ultimate power who can actually make those changes. And ultimately, he will make all things new, as Scripture says. Now, the, the, So we're going to be thinking about um, that kind of constant in our lives, but also that kind of power to make changes in our lives. And, and the path I want to take into that is going to Genesis and looking at a husband and wife named Abram and Sarai, uh, later going to a name change that represented the changes that God was making with the whole world. And so they're eventually called Abraham and Sarah. Uh, so to look at Genesis 12. The context goes back to the Bible's beginnings where God creates everything good, but humans really break it badly. But God still has a desire and he's got a plan to fix it, to make things well. But it begins this plan with a kind of strange, in a strange way. So according to chapter 11 of Genesis, uh, in what is now Iraq, I'll just put up a little map. This thing's being a little stubborn. Okay. Uh, oh, all right, well, I can just... Thank you, Doris. Maybe it's just too cold. Uh, but um, if you look to the right, to the east, there was a town called Ur in what's now Iraq, and there was a man um, named Tara who decides to head west with his son Abram, his daughter-in-law Sarai, and his nephew Lot. And uh, it's not smart to just go through the desert. And so they take this path to the north, what is called the Fertile Crescent, uh, which is much more manageable and much more kind of lush. And uh, they travel northwest. And then they stop in Haran, up to the north there. And we have no idea as to why Terry decided to pull up his roots and head northwest I don't know, maybe, maybe it was a new job, maybe it was running from trouble, maybe it was rumors of prosperity, we don't know. But what we do know is that God was in this. And that God was starting uh, to heal a broken world. So now we go to chapter 12, one of the most important passages, uh, I would say, in the whole Bible, because it kind of sets the stage for all that God's going to do. So we go on to the next slide. Uh, Genesis 12, the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. 
Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. The New Testament letter to the Hebrews puts it this way, if you go to the next slide. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, thank you, Toby, when he obeyed and went, he obeyed and went even though he did not know where he was going. He obeyed and went even though he didn't know where he was going. Now, what if, what if God told you to pack up and move a thousand miles? How would you react? Now, now some of you have done that, right? I mean, you've, you've got a new job, you've gone off to college, you've joined the military, maybe gone far more than a thousand uh, miles. But what if, what if God told you to pack up and move a thousand miles, but didn't tell you where you were going? <laughs> now, that's, that's a little bit different, right? That doesn't happen much. Uh, and, you know, it's kind of hard to compare. I, I, I find it hard to compare myself with an ancient nomad, this guy Abram. Um, I mean, it's might as well say, how are you like Batman? You know, so, I don't know. It's just totally different. Uh, and yet, couple ways, couple ways where as we look at this story, it can be like looking in a mirror. Couple reasons. One is that this guy was human. And he had the common hopes and dreams that we all have, you know, for friends and family, for a home, for success and so on. He also had common fears. And, and, and frustrations that uh, you can see in the whole story that, that lead him into some real trouble. Um, besides not knowing where he's going, for one thing, uh, there's this big gap in his life and his wife's life, and that's that they can't have kids. And uh, it was accentuated, intensified by the fact that God said, you're going to have kids. Yeah, he's 75. And we're going to find he has to wait another 24 years before a child shows up. But, but uh, so I, I would say, I would say that we can relate to various things just simply in his humanity. But then there's this, the same God who spoke to Abram is with us. And he may not uh, put us on the same kind of, into the same kind of story exactly, but uh, it's the same God with the same desires for us right now. 